This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Orson Welles as the third man. The Lives of Harry Lyme, the fabulous stories of the immortal character originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. The single most pernicious influence on the growing English boy is the shocking behavior portrayed in the American cinematograph. To which at one time I would have added a hearty amen. Except that I was forced to admit soon afterwards that the luckiest thing that ever happened to yours truly, Harry Lyme, was this same influence of the American cinematograph on one growing English boy. Both these statements were proven for me in an adventure which, if you will forgive me, I shall call... The Earl on Troubled Waters. Today's story, The Earl on Troubled Waters. Not so very long ago, I was sipping a rather dubious piano in a rather dubious London cafe with a rather dubious British character, the sort known locally as a spiv. This particular spiv was using at the time the name of Robinson, I imagine, because he hoped that there was virtue in the number of his compatriots who bore the same moniker. He had no other pretensions to virtue. Why was I there? Well, I was there because he had asked me to be and because I had nothing better to do. He was the sort of man who managed to sound conspiratorial even when he was asking you something like... Care for another panel? Uh, well, leaving my own preferences to one side, Robinson, I have my digestive system to consider. For better or worse, it's my only digestive system. I'd rather not make an enemy of it. All right, all right. No need to make a speech. I suppose you want me to get down to business, eh? You mean to tell me, old man, that you have some business which you seriously think would be of interest to me? You're interested in making money, I don't doubt. Say on, friend of my middle years. Uh, I thought that'd make you prick up your ears. Well, no, it's like this. Uh, I have some money, see? Quite a bit of it. I want to get it out of the country. Uh, pounds or dollars? It's dollars. Mm. A lot of them. I pulled off a good caper, I did. It's enough for a pair of fine nest eggs, Harry, but I... Uh... Uh, you can't get it out of the country because you're scared, and with every good reason, it's customs people. They're looking for you, am I right? Right. All right. 
So you can't smuggle it out yourself. You have a problem, old man. Who's going to smuggle it out for you? Hmm? Why not you? How much money's involved, old man? 30,000 American dollars. Even if the deal were a 50-50 split, I'm not sure it's worth it, old man. It's too risky. And they told me that you were game for anything. Ta! Farm himself off as anybody, they said. Take any risk. Slick as rascal this side of old Ned himself. That's what they told me. Oh, yes. How they do go on. Said you could outwit anybody, they did. Why? See that pair of your countrymen over there sitting in that corner? Oh, fine, substantial citizens, aren't they? Pair of gulls, if ever I saw one. Innocents, both of them. <laughs> but I bet even they could see through you. You bet? What would I have to do? I'm calling your bluff, Harry Lyme. But I don't believe you're ready or able to do any of the things they say you can. My wager is 5,000 American dollars. You can't even convince those two Americans you're an Englishman. Oh, man, I bet you I could walk on water if it weren't cheaper to pay my penny and cross on the ferry. Yeah. Can't smuggle. No sportsman won't take my wager. I'm going off to look for a man. Now, wait a bit now. Let's see what we've got. You'll pay me 10 grand to smuggle your 30 grand out of the country, and you'll bet me 5 grand I can't pull the wall over the eyes of Mr. and Mrs. J. American Chump sitting over there. All right? Well, no. Of course, I... Done's done, old man. I'll take your bet and smuggle your money all at once. I'll even make him think I'm nobility just to make the cheese more binding. Where's your money? Got it with you? Yes, but... Hand it oh, over wait, under I... the table. Under the table. That should be a familiar method for you. Come on, quick. My couple's getting ready to go. Well, will you turn it back to me? In eh? France. It's all there, this package? Yes. Run along now, old man. Doesn't do my reputation any good to be seen in public with you. <laughs> As of this instant, old man, I am guarding the reputation of the Earl of Linchester. Who's that? <laughs> me, old man, me. I pocketed Robinson's package after sneaking a quick look, and sure enough, there were American dollars, quite a few bills, and each of them of a large, coarse denomination. Then to follow my two American tourists to the hotel, estimate when they'd be coming down to the lobby and bribe a page boy to help me in my little masquerade was, for me, the work of an instant. My two innocents showed up conveniently just a short time before the dinner. It was a child's play to catch the page boy's eye, make sure he was ready for my prearranged signal to him, and then bump, as if by accident, into the American. Oh, oh, I beg your pardon, oh, sir. Not at all, not at all. It's entirely my fault. Can't think why I was so clumsy. Did I hurt your fault? Oh, uh, no, really. It's quite all right, thank uh, you. You're American, aren't you? Come here. That's right. I'm from Texas. Texas? Well, <laughs> fancy that. George, I think we better... I thought that you were maybe an American, too, sir. As a matter of fact, I was raised in Australia, Mr. Uh, Perkins. Uh, uh, Perkins. George Perkins. How do you do, This Perkins? is Mrs. Perkins, uh, Mr. Uh... How do you do, Mrs. Perkins? Linchester is my name. How do you do, Mrs. Perkins? Oh, fine. Thank <laughs> you, Mr. Linchester. Uh, George, hadn't we better... Well, I'm constantly being mistaken, you know, for an American, Mr. Perkins. I let me hasten to say I consider it a compliment, but I suppose, oh, because of my neckties. Oh, <clears throat> the fact is, I am Lord by Linchester. accident of birth a loyal Lord subject Linchester. of Her Majesty the Queen. Well, uh, boy, were you calling Linchester? Uh, yes, sir. I'm Linchester. Message from Lady Linchester, sir. She phoned to say she shan't be able to meet you for dinner after all. And for you to go ahead and meet her later. Oh, thank you very much. Here you are, my boy. Thank you, Lord Linchester. Right, Lord! Well, I guess you're not an American, for sure. <laughs> and just imagine me calling you Mr. Linchester. Oh, really, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> please, please. Actually, I sometimes feel like an imposter myself. I've only been Earl of Linchester a very short time, you know. Oh? Yes, I came into the title quite recently. 
Now, look here, Mrs. Perkins, there's really no cause for embarrassment. It makes you feel any better. I'll apologize for being in the first place. <laughs> and now, then, in the second place, I've just been stood up by my wife, so if you're not in a hurry to be off somewhere, perhaps you'll let me stand you to a drink. Oh, it's really not I necessary. Oh, just until I hear Mrs. Perkins say she's no longer embarrassed. Oh. Huh? <laughs> How about it? You'll come to the Claridge's with me? Of course you will. Come along, then. We can have a drink to all those hands across the sea. I stirred them into the lounge at Claridge's, got them seated, dropped a few illustrious names they might have heard of and apparently had, stuffed two or three drinks down their not-at-all-reluctant gullets, and I had them all sweetly primed for the next day. Oh, my, this has been so nice of you, Lord Linchester. Oh, it surely has indeed. Imagine, George, our having met a real honest-to-goodness earl. <laughs> I know this must sound foolish to you, Lord Linchester, but it's truly a thrill. Well, I, I just wish my having the title was as... Unmixed a blessing, as you might think, Mrs. Perkins. Well, I think it would be just heavenly. Uh, Mrs. Perkins, if you want the truth, <clears throat> being an English nobleman these days is a mug's game. The government here in England, well, sometimes it seems that they're trying to penalize a man for investing his money, soundly. Uh, why, right now I'm in touch with a scheme to make some money. Big money, too. But I can't. Well, what's the scheme, Lord uh... Lanchester? I mean, if I do say so myself, I've got a pretty good business head on my shoulders. Uh, Mr. Perkins, I'm sorry. I'd like to tell you about it. Frankly, I'd, I'd like to have your advice on it. But there are others involved in it, and I've agreed to keep it quiet. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm afraid I shan't have a chance to profit by it myself. Well, why not? Well, you see, it involves a foreign investment. As you know, it's pretty difficult to get one's money out of the country. You can't smuggle it out? Well... <laughs> Not a chance, I'm afraid. You see, British customs people pay special attention to people with reputations like I, I mean to uh, men in my position. If I could be of any oh, help... It's awfully good of you, sir, but I wouldn't dream of oh, it. Why you know? not? First place, we're permitted to take 15,000 American dollars out. Yes, we came I in know, with that but... much. And the second place, uh, no reason for anyone to examine our luggage. Yes, George, I don't think... Quiet, dear. No, but really, I don't think now, I could... please, I'd be honored, sir. And, of course, if... You see fit to let me know anything of the investment once we get to France? Yes, well, it might work. George, are you sure, we? Quiet, dear. Why won't it work? How much is involved? 30,000 American dollars. Okay, that's fine. You get it to me. We were planning to take the channel boat from Dover to Calais next Wednesday anyway. Well, if you insist, old man, I'll book passage on the same channel boat. Wednesday, we went down to the train together. I slipped my chump the package of $31,000 bills. He hid them away without any sign of nervousness. And in the customs shed, I waited my turn under the letter L. Perkins came over once to chat. He had to elbow a 12-year-old kid out of the way. Well, I'll see you aboard the boat then, Lord Lynch. Uh, right Don't you worry about anything. All right, thanks Whoops, again, old man. Oh, look, little boy. <laughs> Is there any better place to stand than under everybody's feet? Come, Ronald. Take close to Ronald yes. now. In a minute. Now, go on. Go on, Ronald, or whatever your name is. Didn't you hear your governess calling? I was just going to speak to this loathsome child again when all of a sudden I saw Robinson coming up to where I was standing. Under control? Now, listen, old man. Listen to me. You shouldn't be here. Run along and practice forging signatures or something, just will you? Just remember I'll be on the same boat. All right, old man. I'll endeavor to bear up under the news. 
fool. What's he, pal? A torpedo? A what? Don't need to clam up with me, pal. Is he a torpedo? Wherever did you pick up this repellent language? Now, if you... Cheat it. Here, hey, I'm scared. The Aston's gay and me. I had just made up my mind to cuff this provoking child where it would do him the most good when out of the corner of my eye I saw that he was right. The customs man was coming. I looked around to make sure that Perkins pair would be on earshot. They were. All right, now, luggage ready. All right, here, officer. Just this overnight bag. Let's see, uh, papers? Oh, yes, here we are. Yes. I can't imagine why you singled me out for this attention, uh, officer. Harry Lyme. Uh, yes, uh, passport in order. You're declaring... Uh, uh, just the five pounds allowed a British subject, officer, though I believe I could take more. All right, I can read, thanks. Where's the stuff hid, pal? Scram. Oh, what's that? Uh, nothing, nothing, officer. Just stifling a uh, sneeze. Oh, gesundheit. <laughs> well, everything seems to be in order. <laughs> My dear old customs officer, don't sound so disappointed. Into each life, some rain must fall. All right, now then, who's next on my list? Pal, are you lucky? You must have been living right. Never confuse luck with shrewd management, my odious little man. Any other questions? Yes. When are you going to make up your mind whether your name is Lime or Linchester? Just as my hand shot out to grab his collar, he ducked away into the crowd. I could see him with the governess and the man I heard her calling his uncle. Just getting ready to board the boat. How much had he heard? Who would he tell? If only that kid would keep quiet till we were safe in the channel. In a moment, Orson Welles returns as Harry Lyme, the third man. Orson Welles, as Harry Lyme, continues today's story. I took one last look down at the pier side as our boat moved off. I could see the governess. She was frantically looking about for that brat. He'd disappeared again. Then I forgot him and went looking for the Perkinses. Perkins? Yeah? Uh, it's me, Linchester. Oh, good. Come on in, sir. Come on oh, in. Thanks, old man. Well, Mrs. Perkins, feel better now, do you, after getting through the customs all right? I feel terrible. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Touch the sea, eh? Nothing like a glass of champagne to fix that up. Oh, I'm afraid nothing does her any good, Lord Lanchester. Oh. Quiet, dear. Well, sir? You, uh, have the envelope safe, don't you? Uh, I hope. Right in my pocket. Here, don't worry. Oh, fine, fine. I was, uh, just wondering. Uh, of course, glad to do the favor for you. I'm sure you understand, but, uh... Now that I've brought the money through for you, I was uh, just wondering... Oh, uh, about my foreign investment possibilities, uh, eh? Yes. If there were some possibility uh, of... Perkins, a... old man, I can't think of anything that would give me greater satisfaction. Keener, personal pleasure. I'm sure you know that. Well, I like to think that but maybe I've, my... I've um, already indicated the difficulty. My money's at the disposal of a mysterious financier, a man called Robinson. 
I'll be honest with you. I don't even know the man's first name myself. I'm sworn to the most close-mouthed secrecy about the entire venture. All I can do is promise you that I'll try to persuade Robinson to let me introduce you to him. I had hoped, uh, well, you know, uh, maybe if I'd happened onto a good thing, I'd be able to finance my entire European trip. Yes. Uh, Well, here you are, then. Ah, thank you. You better count it just to make sure that... My dear fellow, of course, I trust you implicitly. However, just to set your mind at rest. Here we are, one, three, five... Five is ten, five eighteen, cut it. Five is thirty. All here. All present and accounted for. And once again, my thanks. Uh, we'll be stopping at the George Sank and Pirate Oh, fine, fine. George Sank. Uh, absolutely, old man. I'll call you just as soon as I've had a chance to talk to Robinson. Now, you won't forget, sir. I swear I won't, old man. Just as sure as my name is Linchester. Goodbye now. his cabin to mine was only a short step. I'd locked my cabin door when I left it to find Perkins and reclaim the $30,000, but just when I was beginning to think I had nothing further to worry about, I reached my cabin door and realized that it was no longer locked. That's funny. Oh. Oh, that explains it. Come in, Lime. Shut the door behind you. Well, I generally do, old man. I generally do. It doesn't require an order. Made yourself comfy, I hope. Didn't realize that you included lockpicking among your many accomplishments, old man. But on the other hand, it would have been a safe guess. Let's gobble, gobble, sit. Oh, come, come, old man. This is a time for rejoicing. Why the grim, determined expression? Get up, dance, kick your heels together. Your old friend has pulled it off again, and you are the richer by $15,000. Thirty? Yes, thirty. Surely your arithmetic leaves something to be desired. Suppose I run over our little agreement again. For getting your money through customs, you were supposed to pay me one-third. Now, one-third of 30 is 10. In addition Still to, which, in in addition to which you wagered that I would be unable to pass myself off as an Englishman to Mr. George Perkins of Texas. $5,000 even money. Five and ten make 15, and Give. so you owe me 15000 In consequence, I owe you the other 15, half the boodle. Very simple. Have you finished? For the moment. For good, line. Now I'll talk. This gun is bulky because of the silence, you see? The cabins on either side are empty. I happen to know, for I saw the passengers in them drinking in the saloon. If you like, I'll let the gun do all the talking for me. I want all the 30,000, understand? And I want it handed over now. Hmm. You seem very determined. I am. When you reach into your inside jacket pocket line, make very sure that the only thing you bring out is the envelope with the money, or I shoot. I mean it. Dear, dear, who would have thought that a man of your sterling character would stoop to such a double cross? Well... It must be, it must be. I was actually reaching for the envelope when all of a sudden I heard a little sound just behind me. A sound at the door. The doorknob had just been turned. Well, I wanted whoever was coming in to come in behind Robinson's back. Hey, where are you going? Just uh, walking over to sit on my berth, old man. Surely you don't object to my being comfortable while you rob me of my share. Well, just keep both your hands where I can see them. Why should I not? Why, indeed. I reached into my pocket very slowly and carefully for the envelope, but my eyes never left the doorknob. Robinson, whose back was to the door, couldn't see it. It was opening slowly. Very slowly. Come on, get a move on. Hand me that envelope, Lime. Now the door was open, just as I handed him the envelope. From behind Robinson, there came a snarled command. All right, punk, get him up. Reach for the roof. What the... My hand closed on a heavy ashtray as Robinson wheeled toward the door in surprise. Why, it... Oh, just a kid. Come in here, you. 
Thank you, Ronald. He, he really had a gun? Well, it wasn't a pea shooter. Is he out? Out? Well, when a heavy object like this ashtray is brought forcibly to bear on a brittle object like that skull, Ronald, the result, it is fair to predict, will be a minor concussion and consequent unconsciousness. Is he dead? Well, Robinsons don't die so easily, Ronald, my boy. Come in. Sit down. Well, we'll keep this door closed, I think, for the next few minutes. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to truss up this specimen until he looks like a cocoon, that's what. Not forgetting to gag him securely in the bargain. Oh, there. I didn't know he really had a gun. Oh. Might he have killed you? Well, I'd like to think he wouldn't. He was a torpedo, wasn't he? Uh, what's a torpedo? Oh, you know, a, a oh, gunman, a, a gangster. What have you been doing, young man? Going to American gangster movies? Why do you pick up this tedious slang? I go to all the American flicks. They're keen. Disgraceful. Where? Well, that should keep our friend quiet for a time. Why was he going to kill you, Mr. Lyme? Well, how do you know who I am? I heard the customs man when he read your name off your passport. Oh, yes, to be sure. To be I sure. heard that other man call you Lord Linchester, too, but I knew you weren't Linchester. Ah, uh, and how is that? You're American, aren't you? I say, tell me, why was he trying to kill you? Well, Robinson is a very bad man, Ronald. He was trying to smuggle money out of the country, and as you know, that's against the law. I know that. Were you trying to stop him? Well, that's one way of putting it, I suppose. I say, that's splendid. Besides, he was trying to welch on a bet he'd lost to me. A bet? Mm, he'd owed me 5000 for a bet. I'll just take that and let's stop what's safely away. And say, how about me? You? Sure. Split up the swag. Didn't I save you from but being... There, this isn't swag, uh, Ronald. This is... Just uh... a minute, pal. Tell you what I'll do. Here. You take this one bill, hmm? A thousand dollars? Is it real? Well, it is, unless I've been grossly deceived. Here, now, fold it up tight. Stick it into your watch pocket. That's it. You know what that is? What? That's hush money. Hmm? Now, you run along back to your cabin, and mind you, don't tell anybody about this. Anybody at all. I have no cabin. I'm a stowaway. Oh, my God. I came aboard following suspicious characters. Who? You. And now we're partners, aren't we? Fine, fine. So we're partners. Okay. You know what your first job will be, partner? What? You sit right here and keep a watch on Robinson. Make sure he can't get out of these sheets I've tied around him, okay? But where will you... I'll be in and out, in and out. First of all, I've got to tell the captain what's happened, and I'll be back. But you stay here, right, Ronald? Promise not to stir out of this room? Very important. Somebody should be here all the time. Right? Promise? I promise I won't move. And if he tries to escape, I'll shoot him dead. The big thing was to get away from that awful kid. He was getting to be like a patch of poison ivy for me. I'd only have to steer clear of him for another few minutes, though the boat was nearly ready to dock by that time in Calais. Up on deck, I ran into Perkins again. Now, you won't forget, Lord oh, Manchester. Please, old man, I gave you my word as a Linchester. Uh, you're feeling better, I hope, Mrs. Perkins? Hmm? I had the 29,000, 5,000 I'd won on the bet. That was tucked into a waistcoat pocket. 24,000 left. That was in my billful, but the coast was clear. The more money I brought into France, the better the French should like it. I was about ready to be Harry Lyme again, and the feeling, believe me, was good. The steamer docked, and there was a delay. Gangplank was rigged. Delay again. And at last, here I come. Down the gangway, my pulse beat normal and my heart high. There he is. That's the man. That's the one. Seize him. Seen you somewhere before, haven't What's I? What's the meaning of this? Seize him. Who is this hysterical female? He's the man who was talking to Paul Ronald. Kidnapper. Now, now, Miss Anstruther. Kidnapper. Everything will be all right in a moment. Kidnapper. What a grotesquery. Take your hands off me, Where woman. is he? What have you done with him, monster? Where's my Ronald? Well, we have the same child in mind, madam. He's very probably sitting peacefully in cabin 23. Here on... I am. Mom! Oh, Are you all right? Sure, I'm fine. 
Who are these men? Never mind, dear. Don't trouble about them. They're just two very nice men from Scotland Yard oh. who flew me over yes. to save you from this bad man who was no. trying to kidnap My you. dear madam, if you will He's kindly... He's not a kidnapper. He's a hero. Oh, yes. He caught a man who was trying to smuggle money out of the country. And he tied him up, and I'm his partner, and we're both detectives. And you must let him go because there's probably a reward for the man he caught. Wait a mo, what's this? What cabin, sir? Uh, why, uh, yes, certainly the boy's right. The uh, guilty party is, as I was just trying to tell you, in cabin 23 on the second deck. Uh, thank you, Ronald. And you've still got the money, haven't you? Uh, yes, that's so, so I do. Hmm, just looking for the proper person to return it to. Of course, if uh, I could just see your credentials, old man. Right here. Ah, just so, uh, and the money. Yes, it is. Here you are. I was keeping it carefully stowed away in my waistcoat pocket, you see. Five thousand American dollars. I want to thank you very much, sir. Very civic-minded thing to do. Now, about the fellow who was trying Come to... Come on, men. I'll show you where he is. Ronald, you come straight back here with me. Do you hear? Oh. It's all the fault of those dreadful American cinematographs. Oh, the no. single most pernicious influence on the growing English boy is a shocking behavior portrayed... I'd like to have your name, sir, so the commissioner can send you a proper letter of gratitude. Oh, not at what... all. Please, never mind, really, old chap. If I weren't rather in a hurry, i All I'd, right, uh... sir, just as you please. But thanks again. Right. We'll attend to the fellow in cabin 23. Uh, uh, one moment, please. Uh... Yes, sir? That's a rather extraordinary boy. Do you happen to know his name? Him, sir? Oh, rather. That's the little Earl of Linchester, sir. Come along, Stevens. Right with you. The little Earl of Linchester. Harry Lyme will be back in just a moment. lordship since then, but uh, believe me, wherever I go, I keep a sharp eye out for little Ronald. Not that we aren't friends now, but I'm the careful type. My mother, who was careful too, warned me against speaking to strangers. I wish I could manage to keep her advice. And my father, who was Irish, warned me about the English, in particular the toffs and the nabobs and the high mucky mucks that eat. They're the ones you've got to watch. Well, I don't know about that. Some of my best suckers are in Burke's peerage. But Daddy never said a word about the tiny tots. Well, I guess what Daddy didn't know didn't hurt him. Well, time to go. And always remember, friends, the wages of sin aren't as high as they ought to be, considering the overhead. Goodbye now.
that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can find more from the show you heard today and thousands of others at relicradio.com. And also donate through the site if you'd like to support Relic Radio. You can find more information about that by visiting donate.relicradio.com. Thanks for your support and for joining me today. Be back soon with more.